Um, openers. What about Mother's Day? Uh, yeah, that's a good. Do you have much to say about that, Rick? Not really. Do you guys have much to say? <laughs> not really. <laughs> <laughs> okay. All right. Not Mother's Day then. Welcome back to the Overcast Gamer Show. It is Sunday, the 14th of May, 2017. My name's Abe Foster, and I'm joined as per usual by... Regan Harper. That's uh, Valentine, not tonally <laughs> this time. <laughs> Man, it, oh. I, I love that, Regan. I love your intonation. Every For the last few episodes, it's always been this musical fanfare. Yeah. When, uh, when Regan, Regan I don't know what it is. I don't know what it is. I just, like, I want to put more emphasis into you know into saying like oh regan harper but i'm really yeah. bad at just being like enthusiastic without making it lame and somehow <laughs> musical so you yeah. want to say it like it's third person you're you're not announcing yourself you're you know the game show host announcing the next contestant exactly with yeah. regan harper yeah yeah exactly like all like the the guy at the boxing who's like you know Doing the, the corner mm-hmm. announcements and things, and then yeah, kind of yeah. burst out of it. That would go up. Box or something. Where I, you know, yeah, you got the uh, you got the game show host, like Regan Harper, Abraham Fawcett, and then yeah, if you got the corner of thing, you're like Regan Harper. <laughs> oh my god! And in the blue corner, the mad Abraham Foster. <laughs> that's, that's All these audio stuff. levels are just going to be going off yeah. the chart. <laughs> <laughs> I'm no, okay Regan, with you it, should, um you should, uh, you know how Kiwis have the, we have a tendency to, to talk like this, and everything goes up at the end. There's always an upward intonation. Yeah, uh, Regan, you should just place the intonation every time you introduce, you introduce, say your name. Just place the intonation in a random part of your name, like Regan yeah. Harper. Yeah, Regan Harper. <laughs> Regan Harper. Yeah. Try, try going through day to day like that and see how many people you can confuse. I'll have a think about oh. it. Yeah, it's it's difficult because you'd be breaking out of like your normal kind of just mode of speaking you'd really need to yeah. i think it'd be one of those things it'd be difficult to break that subconscious loop that you're on but I'll, I'll i'll see how it goes maybe i'll do use it at work a bit and kind of see you know see how people react usually to it. usually when that sort of thing happens uh you know you you, you consciously think about you're doing something and it ruins any sort of uh competency that you show in terms of you know if you think about oh i'm um, now I'm breathing and then you start manually breathing and, then, and <laughs> yeah. then you're having a conversation with someone and you're constantly thinking, well, I'm not even thinking about what I'm saying. I'm just breathing. I'm focusing on breathing. Like I hope I don't die. Yeah. Yeah. It's pretty I nuts. Think, yeah. Um, I'll anyway. be okay. <laughs> <laughs> Any whom. <laughs> Any whom. Uh, what's, been, uh, what's been going on there, guys? What's been going on in your lives the past 14 days? Not a whole lot on my side of things, if I'm being quite frank. Uh, yeah. Mother's Day today. Had a yarn with my mum. Nice, um, nice. Yeah. Shout out to all the uh, all the mums out there. Yeah, we yeah. we we appreciate you. You do things for hardware. us. Yeah, you do do all kinds of stuff, and and you're awesome. Um, Absolutely. Yeah. I think the 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 biggest thing that's happened, and it's only happened in the last hour and a half, probably two hours. Um, we had a. Uh, change in tenancy uh, in our flat sort of thing so new person jumping onto the lease because uh, someone's leaving and we we had the the landlord who's bought our bought our house recently is the new landlord uh, our house you know I'm in, I'm in Auckland so it's close to a million dollars you can imagine how much bloody houses go for <laughs> yeah um, he, he popped around uh, lovely bloke can't really speak too much English um, so had a had a 
kind of bit of a yarn with him. Uh, our house is it's a nice, it's a really nice place, but it has a lot of quirks. Let's say <laughs> it's um, <laughs> imagine imagine the structure of the Weasleys' house from Harry Potter. You know that giant ramshackle. Oh yeah, tall, just like vertically yeah. spired thing. <laughs> but not don't don't imagine the the actual architecture. Just imagine the the ramshackle nature of that. But but sort of extrapolated into the features of the house. So I'll give you an example. So um, when I put my motorbike in the garage and I and I and, you know I go to to come into the house, um, we've got a three story house. So there's the garage and the lounge and then some bedrooms upstairs. I have to close the sliding door turn on the light switch because the light switch is behind the sliding door to exit the garage. And then <laughs> when I need to turn off the light switch again, I have to close the door again, flick off the switch and then open the door again. So it's, uh, it's good fun. It's yeah. um, the whole so it sounds like it's just been really poorly designed as far as Very actually. Yeah. 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 There's, there's a staircase going down from, from the second story to the first and it sort of leads to the recycling bins and that every time I go down there, I feel like, I'm about half a second away from breaking my neck. The staircase <laughs> has the structural integrity of like a Coke can. Eh? Is it it's quite ridiculous. an old an old house, or is it? It's like... not, man. That's the thing. It's it's, it's probably about <laughs> three years or four years old. Oh wow! Just someone's knocked it to get someone's someone's YouTubed the word architecture, watched like a nine minute YouTube video, and then decided to put together decided there that you know they can build a house, or they designed um, it in The Sims or something like that. Yeah, 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 exactly, exactly, yeah. and tried to transfer those skills over. So, but uh, no, it's it is a really nice house. Apart from all the the little weird things, um, it's you know it's not damp or anything like that. So you can't ask for more, really, um, mm. in terms of that. Yeah, but uh, Balthazar, you've had you you wanted to talk about KFC, not me for a change, or maybe later, but yeah. <laughs> I did. Well, it, it was I wanted to talk about it just because of you, really. I thought you know you know who would love this news, <laughs> Abe. Um, and yeah, I was just, you know, perusing some some strange things on the internet, as you do, and saw some some banner ads and some little automatically playing video ads and things for these new $2 bargain box and bargain bucket things at KFC, where you can get these little ones that fit in your cup holder. Yeah, $2, and it's like a little, I guess it looks probably like it's about the size of a medium drink from, you know, Macca's or BK or what have you, or KFC, since we're talking about it. Um, <laughs> and it fits in your cup holder, and yeah, it's got like, you can get a chips one um that's full of chips a little plastic uh you know lid on it or you can get one that i think has like two chicken wings in it mate you, there, there uh, is you're speaking my language because i i ride a motorbike so i can't carry kfc around in my vehicle but i can have a cup holder on my motorbike so <laughs> if i can get a little little bucky a, a chicken that just like clips on my motorbike and you know i can probably tr not try and eat it while i'm moving but at least i can carry it home <laughs> Amazing. Um, that's awesome. Is this so, the little go box things? Is that what they it are? It is. Yeah, yep. yeah. So I think it's a go box and a go bucket. Yeah. It's, they, so they, it they sounds to me so like the, the, the food inside them is just normal KFC fare, but what they're doing is essentially yeah. just packaging it in a, in, a, in a convenient way, right? Like that's yeah. all they're doing? Yeah. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I'm all about that. That sounds amazing. Two bucks as well. That's that's very smart because that doesn't trigger anything in anyone's brain that they're spending any money. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. Two dollars is such a throwaway amount. Like, yeah, yeah. yeah. I'd, I'd I'd buy anything for like under like five bucks. I'd probably mm. literally buy anything. Like, it just doesn't. <laughs> Another win for the KFC marketing team, that, that, yeah. and that's that's clever too. Like they're not 
like all that is is just a contract with a like a box company somewhere that builds all the little packaging <laughs> things for them mm-hmm. and they've yeah. just gone yeah cool this amazing new product from kfc well it's not really new like the packaging is new but everything <laughs> else is pretty well the same the packaging like, may not even be new like if the packaging doesn't say go on like kfc go on the side of it it just yeah. says kfc then i'm pretty sure they've legitimately just taken their medium cups <laughs> and yeah. put chips and chicken in them there is if they've done that if i'm gonna try and like i'm gonna buy one and peel back the peel back that layer and see if there's just the, <laughs> yeah. the cup the cup thing just put a little sticker over the top or yeah or if it even if yeah. it's just like a the normal cup with a sticker on it that just says go on it that'd be great <laughs> just, mm. <laughs> it's just stolen from some other like you know some other company that has go in the title mm. yeah they just they ripped the top half of the up and go sticker off and they've just put the go <laughs> on the front <laughs> yeah. so how the, the thing um, for me though is how often do you guys go to kfc like i've i live like a two minute walk from one and i've i very rarely go like like when was the last time you guys went i probably last went to be honest i'm not sure i've gone yet this year um but if i haven't gone this year i went at the end of last year for me it's that i don't live anywhere near one it really irritates Mm. me the locations are full kfcs because they're all in like sort of i mean they're not exactly in the middle of nowhere but they're in quite out of the way suburbs you know there's one in jayville there's one in p-town the one in wellington's like on kent terrace or no Mm. not kent or is it yeah i think it is yeah kent Kent terrace here it is yeah um like they're all just that little bit too far out of my way normally for me to justify going to one. Uh, mm-hmm. But whenever I'm certainly in an area that has a KFC like immediately there, I will normally stop in and grab some. Yeah. Yeah. Nice. So a, a good thing about being in Auckland is literally, especially at West, I think every suburb has a KFC. Yeah. It's pretty good. Yeah. yeah any, any suburb you're in, you can guarantee there'll be a KFC around there somewhere. So you go um, fairly often then, I i try not to because i would like if i if i was unrestrained and i just went as much as i wanted to i would be dead in like two weeks um so i i generally i probably go maybe once a week maybe once every week and a half uh mm. so i think that's an all right all right sort of amount uh mm. but the the other thing you- in terms of what were you going to say sorry man do you own any shares in KFC? <laughs> right, a legitimate question, because we get vouchers all the time in the mail, because Hannah's actually a KFC shareholder. So we get free, oh. like, Zingerberger vouchers and stuff like that. And uh, apparently I... KFC, they pay you in KFC, not money, if you're a shareholder. <laughs> I do not, but that dividends. sounds amazing. I need yeah, to pick you should... up some... Oh, my God. You absolutely should, because you could probably just buy, like, one share, and, you know, even if you did nothing with it, every, you know, month you'd receive a voucher for some oh, free food. Oh, man. This is like the ultimate in life hacks. I'm John. I'm I'm writing this down so I remember to to do this later. I'm googling my it right first, now. My first dip into the stock market is going to be as you would have expected. <laughs> um, but the other thing I just want to talk about in reference to KFC um, is the romance novel that they've put out recently, which is just the, their marketing is so on point. Day eh? it's ridiculous. Um, they, so they put it out for Mother's Day, and it's it's called Tender Wings of Desire, and it's got a um, the art features a strapping young Colonel Sanders. <laughs> yeah, well, he still has that old man face to him, though. Yeah, and eh? he does. But he's just got he does. The, he's <laughs> he's got massive like biceps. <laughs> yeah, he's just looking at, like a, a man in his prime, aside yeah. from the bolo yeah. tie and you know from the neck up he's basically an old man it's awesome it's so good i love the art the art sort of like down on this rustic style um but i thought that was wonderful i haven't actually read the book it's free you can get it for free on, on uh, the kfc website but i've decided that i'm going to start penning a competing 
KFC novel because this novel, the you know the novel they put out for Mother's Day is obviously worldwide, so it's it's not uh, it's not niche enough for me. So I'm I'm going to write a New Zealand centric uh, KFC romance novel. Have you got uh, uh, which have may you, have you got any snippets you can share with us? The, what was that? Sorry, Regan. Have you got any snippets you can share with us? Well, funny you should mention that. So I uh, I actually do have a, a bit of an excerpt <laughs> I can read read out to you guys if you want. Okay. Uh, I'll do a dramatic reading of this as, one. As long as it's uh, PG, you know. As long it's, as it's it's definitely it's PG. It's um, yeah. I'm deciding how how raunchy this is going to get. Uh, <laughs> for the mass appeal, I would say n- not too raunchy, but there will be a hell of a lot of implications. I'll tell you that much. Nice. Yeah. Uh, all right, so I'll, I'll do a reading of it. So I've got two working titles, and I'll tell you guys the working titles after I've read the excerpt, and you can vote on which uh, which title. I had three, uh, but one got vetoed because it was too graphic. Uh, so we'll we'll get started. <laughs> okay. He made the order, and two wicked lunches soon graced their presence. She had fluttered at the swapping of the drinks for potato and gravy at an extra fifty cents. What a guy! Maybe it was the deep fryers and hundreds of litres of boiling oil nearby, but suddenly her face felt like a Northland barbecue in January. (laughs) That's more chips than anyone fella needs, she teased, brushing her hair to one side. Who said anything about just me? He winked, wiping his hands down his jeans. Dig in. (laughs) So that's uh, that's the teaser. Nice. If, if people want, if people want the full the full novel, uh, we could even we could even get a Kickstarter thing going. So uh, you know, <laughs> if I get paid before I've actually made the product, that seems to be the business model nowadays. Mm, so mm, uh, we could nice. get that going. Full of innuendo, but, um, nice one. And, oh and, yeah. yeah, oh yeah. I've, I've, I, it's 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 a tricky thing because you've got to write it. You've got to write well, but you've also got to write just crappy enough so it, so it feels like a romance novel. Mm. So. I've sort of been studying. Uh, I actually read the first chapter of Fifty Shades of Grey many years ago just to see what all the hubbub was about. Terrible, very bad decision. But I, I understand how these things are written. It's just mm. really vaguely disguised, you know, really poorly disguised innuendo and just just a not quite a grasp of the English language. <coughs> <laughs> yeah, totally. It's just like slightly yet. clunky sentences and yeah. Yeah, 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 lots of run-on sentences, lots of lots of poor descriptions and analogies and things like that. So. Um, the two working titles I've got are The Eleven Secrets of Cindy Spice, uh, Cindy is spelt with an S, <laughs> and West Auckland Wishbone. So Interesting. Which, uh, which, which one do you guys prefer out of those two? I do love a bit of alliteration, and they both have a good good dolphin <laughs> of that going on. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I enjoy the whole play on the seven, uh, 11 herbs and spices. So, yep. yeah, I, I would, yeah, I'd probably go on that one. Uh, yeah, my votes for that one as well, because you can never have too many, uh, you know, secret herbs and spices references. <laughs> the eleven <laughs> secrets of Cindy Spice. Okay, okay, awesome, awesome. I'll, I'll, I'll tell you the third one that got vetoed anyway. Uh, it was called Chicken Grease and Sexual Intercourse. Oh, right. <laughs> <laughs> not quite enough yep. innuendo there, man. It's it's no, no, yeah. no. It was, it was probably probably a bit too uh, yeah, getting into the R the R rated territory. There, yeah, so. and it and it doesn't really scream KFC like. Chicken and grease <laughs> could be anything. It could yeah, be like well, a, yeah, yeah. Mm. I don't know about you, Regan, but when I think of KFC, sex springs to mind immediately. You know, it's it's just evokes <laughs> that sort of response. Yeah. Uh, but anyway, we may move on from introductions <laughs> and a whole bunch of KFC talk. I, every time I say I'm not going to talk about KFC anymore, and then I don't know, I'm either enabled or I just do it to myself. <laughs> <laughs> 
This time it was going. Balthazar. I'll just put one, I'll put a yeah. notch next to next to Balthazar on the KFC <laughs> tally that we're keeping. Yeah, yeah. Uh, anyway, well, we better talk about some video games. What have you guys been playing, Balthazar? You are a go man. I've been playing a few new things actually this fortnight. Also a few old things still, um, but it's been a a PC heavy fortnight actually. Um, I picked up an early access game, which you know immediately people groan because early access <laughs> is you know the latest craze in business models where they deliver a half finished product on the promise <laughs> that one day it will be finished and then it's never finished mm. um but you don't notice because you've jumped onto the next early access thing because it's all just one big hype train um i don't subscribe to the early access model typically um i will you know buy a game if i want to play that game as it currently stands uh, and that was the case again with this one so this one i picked up was player unknowns battlegrounds um it's a acronym battle P- royale PUBG. basically pub 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 g it's uh yeah it's uh it's basically battle royale um it's sort of 96 people in a game you uh, in a plane that flies over an island. Uh, I like sitting in the plane in first person and just looking at people as, you know, just looking up and down <laughs> and seeing how 90% of everyone who plays the game makes a black character. Um, and really? then, That's yeah, yeah, almost everyone makes a black character. Not sure why. Um, it just, yeah, it's it's odd. I should mention as well, I'm playing on the Oceanic servers. Um, so that's that's why I kind of observe it as being odd, because just walking around New Zealand, you don't see too many genuine African-Americans in Wellington kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, certainly yeah. certainly not 90% as a ratio. So it's a lot of, uh, you know, a lot of people unhappy with themselves, I suppose, playing this game, <laughs> <Yeah>. making <laughs> characters of a, of a different race. Um, but no, I, uh, yeah, you hop out of the plane, you parachute down onto this island, waiting, of course, until the last minute to pull your chute, because if you parachute the whole way down, it'll take you fucking forever and you'll probably be shot down. Um, <laughs> and yeah, you start with nothing. You run to buildings, grab guns, shoot other people. You have to constantly keep moving because the play zone is shrinking. You can see on your map, kind of get to this area in the next minute and a half. Um, so you've got to either leg it or find a car. But if you find a car, you're noisy and people see you and cars are very easy to blow up. Um and yeah, right. it's just try to be try to be the last person standing. And is it's, it it's is great it an fun. armor three mod, Doth, is it? Uh so no, but so it's a standalone game made by the dude who made H one Z one and oh, yes. the uh Battle Royale mod that was potentially for Armor Three. I'm not sure. Yep. Like it was a mod something else. But this yeah, this guy has a background of delivering kind of that style game um as a uh, as an experience of some sort, um, but always with someone else. And I think this is one where he just kind of struck out on his own. He's like, well I'm gonna make the one that I want to make that I I just want to make the pinnacle of these battle royale style games, basically. Um and it's very fun. It's really fun. It one sounds of the, really one cool. of the one of the best things about it, I think, is I mean, I've I've played sort of some of some of those types of games before, like Survival of the Fittest, one of the Ark mods and stuff like that, where the lobby is painful. You're sitting there for like 20 minutes waiting for enough people to join the game, and then when the game starts, if you die straight away, fucking 20 minutes again before you're going to get to do anything. Whereas uh, PUBG, you uh, you're in straight away. You click play. You select your server. You click play. It pops you in a lobby, which I've never been in a lobby for more than two minutes because you just watch that counter tick up. Like at one point, I joined and I was the fourth person in the lobby. Less than two minutes later, it was capped at 96, and it was counting wow. down that last 30 seconds wow. till it starts, kind of thing. Um, and then as soon as you die, 
you can just hit exit lobby uh, matchmake and you're immediately in another game again straight away like there's no messing around and i think that's why i find this game so fun is because that's my most hated thing i think it's most mm. people's most hated thing in games is sitting around yeah. in the lobby waiting to start playing the game yeah um, and certainly it's going to be due to its popularity at the moment because it's so huge it's got a massive player base, um, but that just means it's really fun to play right now because you just get into a game straight away. Mm, so they're obviously running dedicated servers on their end sort of thing. Yeah, yeah, they must be because it's, yeah, it's pretty stable. Um, going through else, yeah. yeah, I mean, my ba- I'm no, I'm no, you know, amazing player at it. I think I came 13th as the best I've done so far. I had a 96, kind of, there were, after I died, there were only 12 people still in the game. So I came decently, um, but yeah. I've... I've only gotten one kill total in my several rounds. Because <laughs> <laughs> typically I end up landing somewhere where there's no other people and the first guy I see sees me first and shoots me in the back of the head kind of thing. But I mean, that's all part of the learning curve. you mm. you got to learn how yeah. to move around the map without being seen, how to sneak up on other people. So, you know, it's, it, it's great fun. It's not something where, you know if you're alive in it for 10 minutes and then you finally die, you don't feel like, oh, well, that was crap because, you know, I never saw anyone and I was just sneaking around buildings because you've always got that fear. You know, you always feel like someone's watching you. So even when there's no one around, you don't feel like you're not playing the game. You always feel like there's probably someone around the next corner kind of thing. Yeah. Um, so you're on edge the whole time. What kind of progression stuff is the, does the game have? Like, do you earn points and, and go up levels or anything like that? Or any RPG uh, kind so of elements? You, you or? earn... You earn points, yeah. When you finish a match, you get, uh, I think it's called battle points, um, and you can spend those in the store on just crates which contain gear so you can start with slightly better armor and stuff because typically you just start you know you're we're not naked you can choose what you wear but it's just clothes kind of thing you know Mm. it's just cosmetic stuff um and i'm pretty sure probably what you buy is just cosmetic as well i doubt they'd let you start with armor and stuff because then you'd have you know too unfair uh an advantage over people who have just started Mm. but yeah it gives you some i i'm not sure because i've not bought my first one yet you need 700 battle points for it and i've only played like four matches so i only have sort of 350 battle points or something um so yeah i guess i can let you guys know what you get when i've actually bought one of them um (laughs) but certainly there's no progression i don't think in terms of starting with particularly good stuff or upgrading your character because the whole point is you always start on even footing with everyone you all start with nothing yeah um I'd imagine, it, so, yeah, yeah, like you said, it'd be cosmetic stuff, eh? And and yeah, I think that's what people enjoy on those games. Um, mm. You might get like in, a, in terms of the in terms of the um, is it sort of a sim style, you know, with damage and stuff like that? Is it one shot to the head kills and two or three? Body yeah. Shots kills so if you take a headshot and you're not wearing an armored helmet, you're down. If you're wearing yeah. an armored helmet, um, it depends. Uh, you know, if you get shot in the back of the head with a helmet on, you're not down in one go. But if you get shot in the face and your helmet doesn't have a visor, then you're gone. Kind of thing um, right, right and yeah body shots it takes a couple to take you down but literally only a couple you know you don't really have time to react if you're getting shot from the side and you don't identify him after taking that first shot you're dead because it's like two maybe three at a push shots and you're dead even just body shots kind of thing um so yeah you're very squished it's very much uh you know going for a realistic combat situation as much as you can do that with a you know completely scripted you jump out of a plane just to kill each other kind of thing <laughs> yeah. Um, and yeah you can't there's no uh sort of you know regeneration or anything but you can find uh med kits and stuff around which you can use to heal yourself but it takes like five seconds so you're sitting there stationary wrapping yourself for five seconds you know completely vulnerable and stuff if you find a health kit um 
so yeah no they it, it feels like it's just well balanced towards quick rounds but where it is entirely skill based um it doesn't really feel like there's much you know rng or anything going on in terms of uh placement because you know you choose when you jump out of the plane you choose where you land you can stay in the plane longer and jump out on the other end of the island uh you could activate your parachute really high up so that you've got more you know gliding space to travel mm. a greater distance and stuff like yeah. that so it's entirely just you, you you play the way that you feel is the most effective and just see how you do and yeah. i feel like it's balanced really well yeah it sounds really good it, it sounds to me like it could easily become an esport you know that that kind of oh yeah they've yeah. already they've already had a charity event like they've already had a tournament where people play and earn money for charity wow um, that's cool. this this thing must be huge yeah yeah it is and it's only been out for like maybe two months at a push it's oh, barely right. you know and that's out when i say out i mean it's been in early access for maybe two months mm. and it's already yeah, having yeah. charity tournaments it's huge like i i feel like this game may actually re- release <laughs> <That's>, <laughs> yeah. um so yeah no it's uh yeah it's really fun um but we will leave on that for now um because we've talked about that a wee bit and i do have one more new steam game i purchased which is an indie game which was kickstarted um i believe which is hollow knight um, nice nice i've mm, seen the look hey. very interesting visual look to this game yeah so it's all sort of very stylized hand-drawn sort of graphics um it's a 2d uh metroidvania sort of platformer with uh, that sort of same progression stuff where you you know you find an ability when you make your way through the area and you then have that ability to use to if you want go back and access other areas or keep pushing through uh, yeah. but then it's also got the whole souls mechanic of um when you die you lose all your currency uh and have to get back to where you died only they add a new uh, you know spin on that which is when you get back to where you died you have to defeat your sort of evil revenant to regain ah, your stuff from it cool um okay. it's quite tricky uh like the i guess because i'm not good at platforming either um i'm not a good platform gamer so i miss a lot of like the platforms are very small you need to be very precise i guess that's another you know souls thing is they've made it balls hard for no reason other than being able to say it's really difficult (laughs) Uh, (laughs) so the platforming segments are brutal you know we're talking sort of super meat boy unforgiving um with some of the platforming segments uh and at the start all you can do is jump uh you know jump and attack as you go on you get things like double jump and dash and all this stuff so that you can pretty much keep yourself airborne forever um so that makes some of them easier but also shows how hard some of it gets as you go on like you need to be able to perfectly time your jumps and your dashes and everything to just keep yourself in the air perpetually while dodging buzz saws coming at you from every angle kind of thing um i'm all so, yeah it sounds great yeah all that and then also just combat the boss fights uh very uh sort of old school feeling where you know they've got their patterns they've got their mechanics and you need to beat each stage you know they've got three stages you beat the first stage goes to the second then the third and when you've beaten the third stage they're dead kind of thing right, so it's back right. to the old school three hits and yeah all that kind of thing but yeah no it's great fun i highly recommend it i think i picked it up for 16 dollars um on steam and, awesome. Uh, Do you know if the, is that on consoles as well, Balthazar? Or just, I have just no idea. Sorry, I've uh, yeah, I didn't really research all the platforms it was on. I just decided I wanted to grab it on PC. Um, so yeah, I, I I don't think it is at the moment on anything other than PC. Um, yeah. But it did only come out in February this year, so it you know maybe multi-platforming over time. 
Yep, it looks like I've just Googled and it says uh, PS4 port coming later this year. So, yeah, it looks oh, like cool. yeah. consoles later on. Sounds like a very then, cool uh, mix of, uh, of different mechanics and things, eh? Like that. that yeah. Yeah, yeah. I, I'm and excited. it all loves it, but it just looks so good as well. Um, you know, it's another one of those games that's really heightened by its visuals. Mm-hmm. The fact that it has quite a unique art style. You know, it looks like you're kind of flipping through a black and white picture book kind of thing, um, which all just looks very cool. Mm. Yeah, it's sort of from what you've described. It reminds me of I'm not sure if you guys ever played this game, but um, Ori and the Blind Forest on, mm. on Xbox. Yeah, uh, r- reminds me of that. Like, the fact that it's really, really tricky and just visually striking, and, and um, yeah, you know, looks has a really unique art style kind of thing. So. And I would say it's also quite similar. So narratively, not in the sense that you know Ori and the Blind Forest was quite sad, um, but. This game isn't sad, but it's also it does have quite a strong narrative in a weird way. But in in that Dark Souls way again, where the story isn't told through telling you the story, you kind of observe and perceive the story as you make your way through the world. Um, and it. the story is quite powerful as you go through. Um, so yeah, there's there's that as well for you to look forward to if you if it does come to PS4 and you pick it up. Awesome, man. That sounds like right up my alley. I'm going to keep an eye on that one. Uh, yeah. Anything else for you there, Balthazar? Uh, I'll just mention the final thing. I won't, uh, you know, I won't go into it too much. Is uh, you guys probably remember I was saying I was tossing up whether or not to uh, repurchase Dark Souls Three on Steam. Um, I did it. I bought it on Steam. <laughs> it was. Uh, I actually got it yesterday. It's fifty percent off at the moment, so I got it for fifty dollars with all the DLCs. Um, nice. And oh my god, I love it! Like, I mean, I already love Dark Souls. I've, I've talked about it the past few weeks anyway, so I'm not going to talk about it anymore after this. But getting to play it at an un, you know an uncapped frame rate and yeah. at sort of 1440p, uh, 144 hertz, everything like that, like it's it's so smooth. It's like because I mean, Souls. You, I mean, you played Bloodborne a bit and everything. Like the frame rates have always been really painful with those yeah. games on on yeah. playstation uh but on pc those issues are all gone it's all buttery smooth um and i love it and i've already i'm looking at it right now i got my steam thing open i've already unlocked 16 percent of the achievements again like you know just in <laughs> in the four hours that's how well i know that game i can just blitz through and grab everything on the way kind of thing just rushing for that pvp area that's awesome man i'll, I'll definitely i i love what i played at bloodborne it's just it's just it's a game that I need to play in very small bursts because it's too mm. intense. It's too intense for me. Eh? It's like, fuck. I need to yeah. really like suck myself up and get in the right mindset when I play that game. Mm. Very good. Uh, Regan, what have you been playing, man? Uh, well, not nothing nothing huge since the last time we all spoke. Um, I have nearly finished The Stick of Truth. Um, nice. <laughs> well, I think I've nearly finished anyway. It's... Um, it's been a, a pleasure to play that game. Um, it, I mean, you guys, you guys have, have played it. You both loved it when you played it, obviously. Yep, yep. Um, and, and I think I've sort of enjoyed it even more be, for the fact that, uh, that I'm not a huge South Park fan. So, like, I'm right. coming I, in, in a way, like, I'm coming to it from not really under like or not really having any expectations around sort of South Park style of humor or kind of the the tangents that that could potentially come up within within yep. a South Park episode or in this case a South Park game so it's it's been awesome to like just be totally blindsided by the ridiculous shit and in some cases literally shit that come <laughs> you know come up during the game um yeah. and you know oh, so, so you've been you've been running into all these all these characters and things like um the collectibles in the game i believe are the chin pokemon 
Yes. Uh, yeah, you yeah. See that. Yeah, oh, yeah. yeah. So, so you wouldn't really have any background as to what what those are. I mean, you could probably tell, but um, there's a, <laughs> yeah, there's a yeah. whole whole episode dedicated to Chin Pokemon, which is amazing episode of, of South Park. <laughs> yeah, well, absolutely. And if anything, it's kind of just like, man, I, I obviously really need to go back and and you know and and get to know all the characters and things. Just absolutely like mind boggling stuff where like you know. You have to shrink yourself down and climb inside the anus of of a guy, <laughs> and and go in there to try and you know to try and achieve a goal. Or and the whole section where you end up in Canada, and the whole Dude, start. That's, that's when I that's when I fell in love with that game as the Canada part. I was the, like, oh, okay, yeah. Yeah, no ten out of ten, ten out of ten. <laughs> yeah, like how did they think to change it stylistically like that? So the game goes, if you haven't played it, the game goes from, you know, classic South Park 2D animation in terms of, you know, seeing everything from the side on. Um, when you go to Canada, you go, you know, north and north again, and then north, and then once again, <laughs> north. And you end up in Canada and everything changes to sort of like a top-down, old-school kind of snares Zelda um, yeah, it's, it's Zelda inspired. Yeah. yeah, yeah, essentially, and it's like, wh- why did they, you know, why did they choose to do this? Like, um, but it, but it works perfectly, uh, and and the fighting, the fighting in that area as well in Canada is uh, all the animals and the, the you fight bears and things like that, and they all, they all look like they're made of like. You know, they're like one shade or like a really yeah. jagged shape. It's really poorly <laughs> yeah. constructed. Yeah, exactly. It's like they, you know, the South Park characters look like they're made of paper. Um, but this is just like, yeah, they got a gray sheet of paper, roughly cut it out into what they thought looked like a wolf. And that was it. Like, that's all they <laughs> so did. Good. Maybe put like a little so black dot where the eye is, things like yeah. that. Um, but yeah, like, oh man, just little things as well. Like, um you know, there's there's this green goo that's turning everyone into Nazi zombies, and then you get Nazi zombie fetuses and like <laughs> little bits of bacteria on the ground that have Nazi caps on. <laughs> like this is like <laughs> bacterial goo on the ground with a Nazi cap on top, so that you know that it's not just goo, but it's a Nazi zombie goo like it's some massive yeah. racist <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah um oh man there's there's a lot to love about the game and um yeah i, I i've loved my time with it i think i'm nearly finished I, I could be wrong um but there's still some bits and pieces that i want to kind of finish like um yep. i want to be through clean up yeah i want to be al gore um, oh, he's, yeah. he's really pissing me off with all of his, face, oh, his Facebook he's, spamming. He's sending you all those Facebook notifications. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And it's nonstop. It's nonstop. I, I tried yeah. to do it right when he started sending me those notifications, but he kicked my ass. Like I couldn't, I couldn't yeah. kill him. He's so. super powerful. Al Gore. Yeah. Yeah. I'm going to have to go back and, and deal with him again, but it's, um, it's great. It's been a hoop the whole time. So I'm lo- looking forward to kind of finishing it off. Um, yeah. and yeah, I mean, if you've not played it before, you can actually get, if you pre-order um, the fractured but whole, you get that uh, for free straight away, which is pretty awesome. Um, so yeah, it's been a delight. Um, aside from that, I've also been well as of last night. Uh, this is another reason Balthazar to like tout the powers of of the PC. Um, mm. I I'm a big like racing sim fan, as some of you guys may know, and. Uh, 
I used to have this, well, I still do, but I had this like a, a racing steering wheel that that worked amazingly on PS3. It was like one of the best ones you could buy for PS3. And I was quite gutted when I found out that when I bought my PS4, it wasn't compatible. So I had to go out and buy like a cheapo steering wheel for the PS4. Um, the biggest difference being that the cheapo one didn't have any kind of like force feedback and um, like a good mm. steering wheel will have these, that has a motorized mechanism that kind of like, you know, you can kind of feel the shift of the car and all that kind of stuff, which is super fun. Um, and then I thought, I was thinking to myself last night, like, oh, I wonder if it'll work for PC. So I plugged it into my PC and, and bam, like just installed into Windows and, and now I've got like my awesome steering wheel back. Um so I went on Steam and bought Dirt Rally again on PC for like $20 or something. Um, nice. And I was playing that as well again last night. So now I get to play that at like 60 frames per second flawlessly with this epic steering wheel. Um, yeah. Yeah. And I'm like back in heaven again. It's awesome. It's, <laughs> it, it's, it's really painful because, I mean, my growing up was, you know, console, not PC, and particularly PlayStation. Mm -hmm. And so I'll always love PlayStation. But at the same time, I can't deny that I said it again last night to Hannah when we were going to bed. I was like, uh, I think I should sell my PlayStation. Like, because I really, I've reached <laughs> point, like, every game I play now is on PC. And the only ones that I didn't that I played on PlayStation was because I had an affinity to, you know, owning them and playing them on PlayStation like Dark Souls. But then when I rebought it on PC, I was like, oh, it's just better. It's better on PC. <laughs> so I was thinking about it and she was like, oh, the only reason, you know, I'd say that you still have your PlayStation is near because you love near so much. And I was like, yeah, but remember, I only bought that on PlayStation because it came out two weeks earlier on PlayStation. Near is now on PC. <laughs> I can rebuy that on Steam as well. So mm. I really, I'm like, I'm so close to selling my ps4 and just having pc for all my real games and then switch for all my fun games mm -hmm. <laughs> so uh, i'm just uh, a couple of ips what about last of us or god of war or um yeah god of war would be the only one i mean last of us no like i loved the first last of us i yep. do not think it should have a sequel i think that's a big mistake i do not believe that game should have a sequel at all i've never been excited for it when it was announced my immediate thing was ah oh, here we go <laughs> like it's just it's not going to live up to what people want from it it's not like i have faith in naughty dog i don't have that level of faith in naughty dog i don't think right. it's going to achieve what everyone expects it to and i think it's a mistake to make it um, but god of war absolutely that would be guttering to not be able to get but you forget we have two ps4s i'll be selling mine hannah will still have uh, hers right yeah so i will still be able to play them i just won't be able to primarily play a playstation whenever i want because it's not mine but i will still have access to one when it's not in use to play those first party ips that i really need so basically you're saying this because you have zero risk you know like yes. it doesn't really matter yeah <laughs> i would get i would get money if i sold my ps4 <laughs> that i could use to buy games on steam yeah totally <laughs> nice so uh, that's pretty much it for me. What about you, Abe? What have you been playing? Uh, just just a couple of things from me. So I, for the first time in many, many, many months, I resubscribed to PlayStation Plus for this this month of May uh, nice. because there were there was mainly one game. There was there was two games I was kind of interested in. One uh, didn't actually end up coming to the New Zealand version of, of PlayStation mm. Plus, which I was massively Tough gutted about. Yeah. yeah, so the, the games that uh, that we received this month were Tales from the Borderlands, which was the main reason I wanted to buy it because Balthazar mm. has, has touted that game um, so highly game. in the past. And there was also supposed to be Abzu, which which is from the some of the people uh, who did Journey, which looked amazing, uh, sort of underwater-style Journey-esque game. But that's only in North America, so that's a load of bullshit. 
Mm. Um, instead, we got a game called Alien Nation from the people who did Rezogun and uh, and another game. I can't remember what it was, but it's sort of a twin stick top-down shooter that looked had had been compared online. I'd seen it being compared to Helldivers, uh, which is another PlayStation Plus game that, that I quite liked. It was kind of like a Starship Troopers style game, um, but it was primarily multiplayer, so I wasn't too too hot on it. Mm. Uh, Alienation is not pretty, not great. <laughs> really? Because it's really highly yeah. rated on the PlayStation Store. Like, yeah, people... it's just it's the levels are incredibly long. Uh, it, it sort of it feels a lot like a high end flash game. <laughs> yeah, oh, it's, man. it's so, real. It's real repetitive. It's it's got that loot aspect of like Borderlands, where you're just constantly picking up new guns just because they have a slightly higher stat yeah. than than you had before, sort of thing. Um, I'm I don't I'm not a fan of micromanagement or anything like that, so that doesn't that's mm. not enjoyable to me. The frame rate is way lower than you'd think it'd be. You think this this bad boy would be running at sixty? It's not. It's thirty, um, sometimes less, sort of thing. And it just feels like yeah, it feels like a flash game. That's the best way I can describe it, like a high end flash game. Mm. It's odd when those things are exclusive to a system. Like, I just don't understand it. Like, who, who made that decision? Who at Sony was like, "Let's pay for an exclusive game to be made on our system that nobody really cares about," like a top-down twin-stick multiplayer yeah. shooter? Who was like, "You know what? We need a first-party Sony one of those." Like that. Just, <laughs> I mean, I just, I didn't know it's first-party. I just quickly typed it into Steam to see what it costs, and the first thing that came up was Prey. So. <laughs> Oh, search right. alien nation and steam prey comes up um, oh, they got they got good seo going on there yeah there. they do um so yeah that that would suggest yeah that it's a sony exclusive and that makes no sense to me who wants exclusive rights over a top-down twin stick multiplayer game it just yeah yeah, yeah very very underwhelming is it, game. Um, is it sort of the sci-fi uh spiritual sequel to uh what was it was it zombie nation or whatever the top-down twin stick multiplayer ps3 exclusive shooter uh, I wouldn't be able to tell you, unfortunately, but it could very well be if it was. <laughs> I think it was called Zombie Nation, and yeah, it was like free on PS Plus about ten times over the sort of six years that the PS3 <laughs> yeah. was out. The, the, at least this is a game that I played for a good hour and maybe just over an hour, sort of thing. It's not one of those PS Plus games like there's one called Race the Sun or something, which is just this. You're just dodging rocks. You just—it's like wipeout, but you dodge rocks the entire time. And I, I played it for literally about thirty seconds. I was like, "This is so boring." Got rid of it. Uh, so at least I played this for like a uh, drawn to death as well. Um, <laughs> yeah, drawn you to know, death. just utter garbage. Yeah. yeah, if you saw our stream, our, our failed Persona Five stream, when we ended up playing drawn to death, <laughs> uh, we did pretty, like two matches, and then we were like, you know what? We don't want to submit ourselves well, and you to this. <laughs> yeah we did two matches and i thought well i don't know what i'm doing yet somehow won both of those this game sucks <laughs> yeah but um yeah not much more to say about alienation not it's not worth a playstation plus subscription if, if that's what you're you're after the other <laughs> game tales from the borderlands uh, i would say is although like i'm not i'm not as hot as on it as, as balthazar but that i've only played the first episode so far mm. um so i'm um, but it's it's really it's really fun um it's the most cinematic telltale game i've played thus far and i've played walking dead season one and the wolf among us and i think mm. oh game of thrones the first episode of game of thrones and this is by far the one where i've felt like i get the least to do it's just really because kind of i played game of thrones after tales of the borderlands and i felt you did way less in game of thrones like much less did you play through the whole all the episodes 
I played through all the episodes of Game of Thrones, yeah, and all oh, the episodes okay. of the Borderlands, and Game of Thrones felt like the one where you literally, you only made conversation choices. That was it, every single episode. Right, I mean, Tales right. of the Borderlands is primarily making conversation choices, but every now and again you get to press R2 to shoot something. <laughs> <laughs> this is true. I, I, yeah, I only played the first episode of Game of Thrones because um, it was I, free. I, I, I would mm. not ever buy that. Unless I do like that film. model. I do like that whole, you know, a wee while after the season is finished, they give you the first episode free. Maybe yeah, it's, it's good. Eh? It's it, it, you've always got something to play, or it's like a taster, and it'll it'll hook you in if you like it, kind of thing. Um, but you know, Tales for the Borderlands is is a lot of fun. It's 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 good because it's not it's still Borderlands, so it, the humor I'm like, eh, but it's not obnoxious as fuck. Borderlands like Borderlands is. Mm. It's uh, it's toned down a lot. The writing's a lot smarter than than Borderlands is. Yeah, uh, there's, there's a lot more weight and consequence to everything that happens sort of thing. And the characters are actually kind of cool. Like, I, I kind of like some of the characters in that game. Um, so yeah, far. I do like Reese. And it's, yeah, I, I think the thing that I really liked about the game was, uh, well, there were two things. One, your boss was voiced by Patrick Warburton. That's always yes. a win. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's always a win for me. But also, I loved that, you know, the whole game was sort of being told by an unreliable narrator. Uh, so it was constantly changing the perspective it was coming from and how wacky what was going on. And I think that was kind of what I really enjoyed about the storytelling was that it was being told by someone who was, you know, you, you could never really trust if they were being legitimate or not kind of thing. Definitely, man. I, I, I noticed that immediately as well. There's a there's a sequence in the first episode where you sort of get the choice to do two sort of finishing moves on a on a person. And mm. when it happened, I was like, "Oh, this took a turn." And then it cuts back, and he's like, "They're like, no, that that's not what happened." <laughs> I was like, "Oh, I like that. That's really cool. They integrated that into the gameplay." Um, did you so, go for the first time the one that the heartbreaker or whatever? Because I think that yeah, was the, what I chose. I did the, the heartbreaker. Yeah. yeah, it was the most Mortal Kombat of the two. So I was like, "Yeah, yeah. let's do that and rip this dude's heart out." It was pretty cool. Um, yeah, I'm I'm definitely stoked for like. 12 bucks or whatever it cost me on the subscription for, for Tales of the Borderlands. So I'll, I'll keep playing through it. There's what, five episodes out there? Uh, that sounds about right. Yeah. And it gets wackier as it goes along, um, but in a good way. You know, it never becomes convoluted. It always, you know, maintains focus and stays on point. Um, yeah. But yeah. It's those kind of, those, uh, yeah, those unreliable narration moments that become more prevalent as it goes on and you kind of lose perspective of what actually is it like that you definitely from about the halfway point onwards you no longer have any idea of any of what's happening was real or not um, oh, but so it's, cool. yeah it's really fun Sound, <laughs> See, Borderlands, too. oh yeah the soundtrack is really good actually that's it's yeah it's quite, quite unique i i think borderlands reminds me of of you know your cool your uncle trying to be cool or your, your dad trying to be cool <laughs> and you know dressing up in baggy pants and sunglasses and being like hey guys and like citing three-year-old memes and then Tales for the Borderlands actually almost is cool. Like it's 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 mm. getting towards there sort of thing. That's why I don't like Gearbox, like Battleborn and Borderlands because it just yeah. sounds. It feels like it feels like they're trying to be. Hey, hey, everyone, look at us. We're so hip. We know all the references. Yeah. It's like, oh my god, you pandering son of a bitch. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah the soundtrack is phenomenal as well after every episode i downloaded the sort of opening song for each episode because they all oh, yeah. they nail it they nail the atmosphere of you know w with the soundtrack for the opening of every episode just consistently if anything it gets more relevant and and better with each episode the soundtrack choice awesome man i can't i can't wait i'm definitely gonna oh i'm sure i'll probably have it finished by the next podcast i would imagine because I'm, I'm playing it pretty much every day uh, at the moment so it should be good uh, we will move on into the next section, which if you've been following the OCG show over the last two episodes, I believe it is, 
we started a thing called Pitch Me a Dream, which involves a URL called Video Game NA.me, which is a video game generator that generates the title of a video game. We then assign that to a one of one of the three of us, and we have to come up with a pitch for that game and pitch it to the other two people. Now, the first one we did was Regan, and he got a game called Heavy Metal STD Polo. That was a lot of fun, uh, Regan pitching to uh, was it Capcom and Ubisoft last week. And this week, Balthazar, do you want to tell us what the title you got last week was? So the title I got was Turbo Bandicoot Boy. <laughs> so immediate <laughs> IP infringing <Yeah. laughs> implications. <laughs> Yeah, what's, it's uh, uh, what, what it'll be great. What have, <laughs> I'm I'm interested to see the the creative license that you've taken with this because I believe you've you've changed the grammar of the of the the title as well. I have. Um, okay. So yes, I've I've um, I've chucked in Abe's favorite semicolon um, <laughs> to create a subtitle within the first uh, game. Of the series, series subtitle. God damn it! Nice. <laughs> All right, we'll 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 duck out, me and Regan, and we'll go and grab uh, the representatives from Rockstar. And Polyphony Digital. Uh, before you guys do head out, I just yep. uh, I just dropped uh, a box art picture in the Slack channel. Um, if you guys just want to make sure that they both receive uh, that picture as well. Um, yeah. yeah, it's cool. a talking point. Oh, yep, I'll make sure he gets it. Oh, no yeah, oh, wow, okay. Yep, no, we'll, we'll have the box art up on the Facebook page, uh, facebook.com forward slash. <laughs> oh, God, I did it literally like 30 seconds before we went live. I just threw it together in <laughs> Photoshop, so, you know. This is, you're going to be able to view this, and uh, remember, it's Balthazar's box art. <laughs> um, but, yeah, every, every one of these we'll do, we'll pop, the, we'll pop the box art up on the Facebook page so you can have a look. So, no, that's all systems that go there, Balthazar. So I think we'll duck out and grab these, uh, these lads. And awesome. we'll be back in just a second. Okay. The gentlemen in the room. The gentlemen have arrived. They're uh, they're just sitting over there waiting. So Balthazar, if you want to take a seat here, and we will we'll start this pitch here. These guys are all they've got their refreshments. They're looking looking uh, yeah, and bushy tailed. If, if we could go ahead and keep this fast, uh, I really need to get on a plane. So let's let's hear all about it. All right. Hey, thanks, Rockstar. Thanks. We'll definitely kick right into it for you. Uh, thank you for coming. Thanks, Polyphony, as well, for coming. Um, oh, what is really appreciate both of you being here, especially, uh, you know, we were quite surprised, uh, Polyphony, that you said you were happy to come along with this, obviously, previously being a uh, Sony exclusive developer, um, certainly highlights that the rumors are true that you are um, jumping ship towards multi-platform development um, since you're, you know, keen to hop on board with this uh, Xbox Scorpio exclusive title. Um, we, so we, without we're further ado, we're branching out. Yeah, it's 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 this is really an exciting opportunity for you to do that as well. So without further ado, I present to you Turbo Bandicoot Boy. Now, as you guys can see from the box art here, we're straying away. You know, we, we believe that Sony and Naughty Dog have held on to the word Bandicoot for too long. Um, it, it's time to branch out, make it uh, make it usable again for everyone. And this franchise is an exciting way to do that. Uh, and yes, I've said franchise. We're not just in for one game here. We're in for a genre-defining experience that's just going to keep on going. So if I say to you guys, Turbo, what do you think? You know, I, 
I know what you think. Turbo, it's, it's high octane. It's juiced up. It's ready to go. So, of course, we're creating a racing game. But racing games are getting a bit stale. Uh, I mean, Rockstar, you guys, uh, you know, what's, what's your take on the racing game scene at the moment? Well, racing games, they really need to have online aspects these days. And so I'm keen to hear a little bit about what, you, what your plans are there. Uh, it needs to be online. I love it. I love it. No, you're absolutely right. That's why you're here. You've got the right ideas. Uh, Turbo Bandicoot Boy is absolutely going to have online aspects. Let me let me set the scene for you. Racing games, typically, you know, you've got a track. It's a closed circuit. You go around that. You go around it three times, five times, whatever. No, that's that's rubbish. That's boring. That's that's the past. The history is 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 old. It's gone. The future, however, which is what I was going to say originally, anyway, is. Tracks that generate themselves as you are racing them. So why does a track need to be a closed loop? A closed loop is repetitive scenery. That's not fun for racing on your own. It's not fun for racing with friends or online. You know, you, you learn the tracks, you learn the shortcuts. It gives you too much of an advantage and if anything removes the element of actual raw skill from the game and being able to just be good at the game and play the game. So what we're doing here is we're utilizing the quintuple flop whoople cores of the Xbox Scorpio to be able to render the track as you're driving along it now not the entire track as you go obviously it, it renders a decent amount of the track so one lap for example but a lap isn't a closed circuit a lap might wave along a bit on a line uh you know have a lot of loops go around uh but the end of the lap is effectively when the next track renders uh and you're now on a new track now you know, you, you may hear this and think, oh, well, what's what's the difference between that? If you're still doing laps and you're still racing around a track, how is this the future of gaming? Well, that's where you bring in the multiplayer element and the more demolition aspect of the game. So we're not thinking that just coming first is enough anymore. That That's, you know, gamers these days, they, they want a lot. They want to feel like they're not just doing well themselves, but they're actively also you know, harming their opponents and uh, and really giving it to them and beating them. So this is a combat racing game as well. Mm. You are going to be getting power-ups. You're going to be fighting your opponents as you go. But none of that, you know, Mario Kart ridiculousness with the power-ups. These are things like, you know, this is a futuristic racer. You're in hover cars here. So these are conceivable things. You know, a power-up might be an electric barrier on the front of your vehicle. So you can just ram into the back of your opponent and, you know, temporarily disable them or send them spinning into the side of the track or something like that. Uh, and, of course, with the Scorpio's power, again, comes the ability to have fully destructible terrain. So you may grab a rocket power up for your for your vehicle while you're driving along and you may miss who you're aiming at. You know, it happens even to the best of us. Sometimes you miss a shot, but your shot might crash into the, you know, the base of a skyscraper, triggering it to topple onto the track. And now that it's fallen on the track, the other racers need to get around it. Or it may even destroy the side of the track, creating a whole new route for the people behind you to have to drive around to get back onto the track. Oh, I'm glad to hear you're excited with this polyphony because <laughs> obviously with your track record, pun intended, with these uh, with these types of racing games, we, we really hope that you can bring, you know, some insight uh, as to how we can move forward with, you know, live track development. Uh, I mean, to paint a picture of what 
a, a race might look like. You'll start off at the starting line, uh, obviously. You'll start racing down the track, you know, getting your power-ups, maybe destroying some as you go. You might be on a rocky outcrop. This may be the setting, you know. You're going under some rocky arches. You're going around some rocks. You reach the end of the lap. The end of the lap might be the edge of this rocky outcrop. You might drive off, and the second lap might actually be you now driving vertically down the side of a mountain that you were actually driving along the top of. So mm. the second lap of the race is a whole new track that rendered while you were racing the first track. So there's no loading screen or delay between the two tracks. That track already loaded while you were racing the first track. Mm. And of course, once you finish the first track, once the last player has come off the first track onto the second track, that first track is now gone. The The system removes that from being rendered because it doesn't need it anymore so that it can begin rendering the third track, which might be when you hit the bottom of this cliff now. You know, you re-engage your, your stabilizers on your vehicle, you make that horizontal plane shift again, and now you're racing through a jungle, which might be what was at the bottom of this mountain. Like and it. so the scenery is constantly changing. The, the level is constantly changing, but you're still doing one race. And just instead of three laps, you have three tracks. I like it. Tell me about Bandicoot Boy. What is ba why, why a Bandicoot and what part does he have to play in this, this racing game of yours? What an intelligent and good-looking question, Rockstar. You know, Bandicoot Boy is effectively the main character in this franchise. So there is a whole world here. As you can probably imagine, these races can be quite dangerous. If you're destroying your opponents, people are dying. So to create a world in which this is feasible and in which this makes sense, we needed to create a backstory for these drivers and for the existence of the races. So essentially, this is a sci-fi future world in which criminals who are given the death sentence Sentence, instead of merely being executed are enlisted as turbo racers where the racer that finishes still doesn't actually you know get to avoid the death sentence if his crime was that you know <laughs> horrific that he needs to be killed uh, he'll still be on that line it will just be prolonged he will have the opportunity to enter another race and another race and another race and because these criminals you know may have had such violent tendencies or histories they're probably actually getting a kick out of racing so really it almost is the same as getting that death sentence removed by being able to continue to enter these races and keep competing as they go along. Mm. So the first game in the Turbo franchise, Bandicoot Boy, centers around the character Bandicoot Boy. So while a large aspect of the game will be the competitive nature, the multiplayer scene, uh, there will be a campaign mode for people who just want to start off and learn the ropes of the game. And in that campaign mode, you will take the role of Bandicoot Boy, uh, an individual who uh, earned his name really through his his appearance and the nature of his crimes um he uh is is australian by nature um and he uh used to uh abduct small children uh and eat them uh and he would kind of root around in people's garbage uh, a bit like a, a bit like a coyote really um but uh no we we as i said at the start we really as well as taking polyphony from sony we want to take one of their beloved words from them as well um so we've gone with bandicoot really with this game microsoft wants to make a push that we are the dominating console force in the market uh and have everyone forget about sony entirely mm. very very dark very dark sound bandicoot boy origin 
<laughs> hey, well, Polyphony, you know, your your origin, uh, we feel you'll fit right in. Um, you know, certainly there's been uh, a lot of history, uh, which is why we believe you want to jump ship from Sony as well. You know, we know that they've not been able to deliver upon promises they've made you uh, with hardware, which has also resulted in you not being able to deliver on promises you've made to gamers regarding technical specifications of games. That's not your fault at all. That was entirely Sony. They weren't able to deliver what they promised they could, but with the hardware of the Xbox Scorpio behind you, you'll be able to deliver on every promise that you make. You you speak from the heart, Bethesda, son. Thank you, thank you. Uh, coming from you, that means a lot. Mm. You know what? I, 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 it sounds like a really great IP to me. Uh, I'll need to take this back and ha have a think about it, but I'm, I'm really intrigued. I'm, I'm keen to see what you guys are, are thinking in terms of beta software and, and seeing where we're at. I'm assuming you've got an engine ready for this. Uh, and uh, yeah, we'll, we'll be in touch. Thank you very much. Hey, thank you, Rockstar, for your time. We, we're heading off as well. I, I, I show clients, Tokyo, I will, I will be back in touch. Uh, thank you, Polyphony. Always, always a pleasure to hear from you. <laughs> and there we have it. All right. Looks ben. like those guys are just just heading out as well. They're uh, they're, they're hopping on their planes. Good good pitch there, Balthazar. I think they were quite very taken good. by that. Yeah, very good yeah. pitch, man. There's, yeah. uh, you've 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 built an entire world around that one. Mm. You even that's why Microsoft gives me the big bucks. Yeah, yeah you even <laughs> pandered to like the the I guess the state of the industry. You you really mm. pushed that. It was good. It was good stuff. Yeah. yeah. We know if, if at the end of it we do tallies as to whose pitch wins, uh, that's what I'm going for, really. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> nice Good one. stuff, man. Um, well, I guess it's my go. Mm. So, yeah, get on that name well, generator. I'll head into the name generator and we'll generate. <laughs> okay. All right. Well, my game uh, next, next podcast is going to be called Lair of the Bomberman Hospital. <laughs> <laughs> Lair That's of the amazing. Bomberman Hospital. That's the one. Lair of the Bomberman Hospital. So, Ooh. okay. What are well, your initial I, thoughts? My, well, my initial thoughts are that the the, the Bomberman Hospital is going to be some sort of sentient hospital. I would imagine <laughs> it has to be right. <laughs> but Lair, Lair is a existing IP. Uh, it was that dragon one, right? It was the, the dragon game that, that yeah. harnessed the six-axis controller. Well, kind of uh, for PS3. So I don't know. Maybe, uh, maybe there's there's something to it. Maybe there's some dragons and sentient uh, buildings or something. I'm, I'm not entirely sure. Terrorism aspect. Uh, Bomberman immediately jumps to mind as, as someone blowing blowing something up. Uh, so yeah, I don't know. I overthink. I overthink about. Remember, this. Abe, if you're struggling too ma too much, uh, the dastardly semicolon's always there. You've always got the option of Lair of the Bomberman Hospital. hospital. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that could oh work. Oh my god! All right. Uh, which uh, which companies do you are you guys going to be uh, inviting over to, to to Wellington? I think uh, I think I'll get in touch with my uh, reps at uh, Sega for this one. Ah, oh, very mm, good, very good. Nice, nice. Uh, oh, I'm, I'm not quite sure. I think I might. It sounds to me like it could be a, a, a Switch title, so I think I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go first party N Nintendo. First party Nintendo. Wow, new IP for Nintendo. Mm, potentially, I guess we'll wait and see how see how the pitch goes. Very good, very good. We'll tune in next fortnight for uh, my Lear of the Bomberman Hospital pitch. <laughs> 
<laughs> uh, we better move into some news. Not not too much has happened. Uh, both both sort of what are they? They're both PC related, I guess. Balthazar. So if you want to lead off with this one, man, tell us what's uh, happened in the last fortnight. Yeah, so there's been, uh, I mean, a small thing that was exciting for me, really, is uh, the old uh, Top 10 Vanquish is coming to Steam. Yay, Sega and Platinum porting things. Brilliant. Um, (laughs) So that's after the Bayonetta success. Yeah, so they successfully ported Bayonetta, um, which meant that they had plans to kind of port all future uh, sort of uh, Platinum Sega releases, which, you know, to date is is none since they've started it. <laughs> um, but, you know, it meant that Platinum were quite keen to just put Nier straight on there kind of thing. Um, and hopefully it means Revengeance will come over eventually. Um, but, yeah, Vanquish is the next on the list, and it's uh, the 20-somethingth, I believe, of May. Um, it's pretty soon that it's coming 20, out. 26th of May. Um, and you yeah, can, you can just, pre-purchase it for twenty seven ninety nine. Yeah, and if you pre-purchase it, you get an upgrade to the Deluxe Edition for free. Uh, and if you already purchased Bayonetta on Steam, you get 25% off your pre-purchase of Vanquish. Um, so, you know, it's it's all it's all good. All sounds good. Mm. Sounds like they've got a good model in place, rewarding people for buying previous ones. Sounds like, yeah, Bayonetta was a big success, so there's a lot of faith that this one will also be. Um, you know, actually running at 60 FPS, you know, uh, 4K resolutions and stuff without performance issues. Um, yeah, it's it's exciting times for, for PC gaming, really, to see a whole load of these previously console-exclusive games. Uh, being ported in you know a good way not just a throwaway port but an actual well optimized port hmm. yeah i can i can see the incentive as to why you're you're looking to jump ship onto onto pc balthazar vanquish was one of your or it was last was it last week it was your no the week before that it was your top 10 yeah. game um one of your top 10 games and and now it's now it's making its move over to to your, yeah. your platform of choice it so is very so good. very cool um and then the other probably larger piece of news is the darksiders franchise being resurrected with the announcement of darksiders 3 from thq nordic nice was that originally published was that uh, developed by was, was that their name back when they did one and two thq nordic uh, else? I, I'm, I, I'm not sure to be honest um i've never paid huge attention to developers and publishers um right. other than the obvious ones kind of thing um and i was new it was it was a thq game um but i don't know if it was sort of thq nordic or if it was just thq general kind of thing yeah um, and then and maybe an in-house thq developer or something yeah uh but no certainly very exciting darksiders one and two were both really good games uh played them both on the ps3 re-bought them both on the ps4 only to find that they are utter garbage ports that don't run at all (laughs) somehow they run worse on the ps4 than they did on the ps3 um which is especially disappointing because i was tossing up in my head do i get the remakes you know the hd remakes on ps4 or pc and i went ps4 (laughs) (laughs) um so but darksiders 3 no yeah it i'm not happy with the visual design of the main character um but other than that i mean it's going to be a great game it has to be two was such a step up from one as it was already that three even if it's just as good as two doesn't even need to be a step up again from two even if it's just as good two when it first came out and was brand new just as a new experience was so fun to play i'm super excited for three yeah so darksiders i'm I'm still not too familiar with this franchise what what sort of genre is it Bowser? so it's it's an interesting one because at the core of it it's an action rpg 
um, kind of you level up, you get abilities, you empower them. Uh, there are collectibles and stuff, but it's also just an action game and that you're just running through a world, killing a lot of stuff. And the reason why the first game I think was so successful was because there hadn't been a new Zelda game in so long. It was a Zelda clone, essentially like a 3D Zelda game clone. Um, you ran around this world, you got keys to open chests, you did dungeons, and during the dungeons you would get an item which would be, you know, uh, sort of integral to completing that dungeon. And then when you had it, you could go back and use it in the overworld to access new areas and stuff. Uh, there were, you know, collectibles to increase your total amount of life and your total amount of mana. Like, it was a Zelda clone, but set to kind of a... Uh, underworld storyline of the four horsemen and the end of the world and stuff like that mm. um so i think that's probably also why i enjoyed it so much having enjoyed the you know 3d zelda games like wind waker and twilight princess and stuff um, right and then two took it to the next level by adding more rpg elements where it added uh weapon and armor drops and things so you kind of upgraded your gear as you went through uh and you yeah got got lots of different weapons whereas war just had his sword and then kind of boss weapons and stuff he could get uh in darksiders 2 you had your scythes but then you could also use hammers axes claws swords um yeah like it became more rpg but still focused on the open world zelda style exploration and powering up so yeah three it'll be interesting to see as i said if it's as good as two it'll be good but one of the reasons why one and two were so good was because there hadn't been a a good new zelda game for so long Yep. Now there has been. So I'm wondering if now Darksiders 3 might actually feel like a pale imitation now that we've mm. had Breath of the Wild. The way um, you describe it, but, though, it sounds like it's got enough of its own stuff kind of going on that it isn't necessarily... Yeah. Like, there's, it's kind of styled on it, and, and it mm. sounds like it pulls a lot of inspiration from it, but it's, it seems like it's not a one-for-one -one clone, you know? I think that's the thing, right? I think if Darksiders 1 came out shortly after a new Zelda game, it wouldn't have been successful. But because 1 and 2 came out and have been successful, it's now its own franchise. So if 3 is like 2, yeah, it won't feel like... It shouldn't feel like a poor clone of Breath of the Wild or anything. It should feel like the next iteration of the Darksiders series, um, which is now its own thing. Mm -hmm. So I, I think it's, it's exciting. I'm really interested to see what happens with it. Obviously, I'll be picking it up kind of regardless of what the preview footage and stuff looks like but i yeah as i said i am concerned at the moment that i have to kind of play that character like fury does not look i do not like her design at all her original design from darksiders one and two was much better i'm not sure why they've decided to redesign her after she already had an existing in-game in-universe design um but i guess it's because we only saw her in concept art for the previous games not actually in the game um right. i decided that that concept art wasn't on point with what they wanted anymore but it was certainly a lot cooler so mm. <laughs> i'm not sure they've kind of just gone for a weird i don't know i really don't know i don't even know what it's based off a kabuki <laughs> mask kind of i'm not it's really weird she's mm. creepy looking mm. maybe that's what they wanted they wanted her to be creepy and evil looking she's one of the four horsemen um but i don't know it's yeah nah not a fan but the game will still be good i hope <laughs> Good stuff. Yeah, I'm I'm intrigued by by the description you've given. It's just a shame that the PS4 because that's the that's what I would have played it on. The PS4 mm. port is so appalling. Yeah, it's I mean, I haven't looked back to see if they were patched. I said I've got them both as digital downloads when they were both kind of on sale in the store. Yeah. Um 
so I could, you know, load them up again, see if they're better. But they just, I just suffered uh, hard crashes repeatedly. You oh, know, like man. probably, I probably tried to play each game for maybe four hours total. And in the four hours in each game, I had at least as many hard crash, like four hard crashes at least in each game. Oh, over yeah. four hours. So I just stopped. I just couldn't. I, like it was damaging my, you know, love for the series playing it. In yeah, that yeah. Um, so it's possible they've been patched since. Uh, and so. I definitely recommend looking up to see if they are playable now because they're very good games. So if you can pick them up in a you know playable manner on the PS4, I'd recommend it. There's also the possibility that the hard copies might actually work fine because they did release them. Like you can buy Darksiders 1 and 2 on one disc like as a hard copy on PS4. I'd imagine yep. that probably works fine. Um, but the yeah. Definitive Edition, I think it was called. Yeah, Definitive. Definitive, yeah. Ugh. Um, there's now actually though I believe the definitive edition was just the Darksiders 2 remake name and the Darksiders 1 remake was called War Mastered Edition oh, um, okay. and the combined one that has both is called like uh, Fury's Legacy or something and it's the twos I'm not sure why they're using the character from Darksiders 3 that's not even out yet to market a remake of the previous two on one disc <laughs> um, but yeah it's something like that focus testing man yeah it'll be focus testing uh no that's that's very cool that's probably all the news we've got for this week uh e3 is very very fast approaching so we'll we'll you know we'll probably talk about that in the next podcast or the one after that i would imagine because uh, it's what uh, less than a month away i guess now mm. yeah, there's now. always a yeah. bit of a dry up of news before e3 aside from obviously leaks and things yeah. like that as well but um yeah, i'm, I'm yeah. sort of hoping there'll, there'll be plenty of that yeah yeah the, the hype train will slowly kind of keep you know leave the station yeah leave the station build up speed or whatever <laughs> whatever shitty metaphor yeah. you want to use yeah <laughs> good stuff good stuff well uh i think we're, we're almost at the end of the podcast here but as per usual we go through and we talk about one of uh one of our top 10 games of all time and this week it is mr regan Hopper. <laughs> Reagan Hopper. Yeah, uh, <laughs> it is my turn this week. Um, this time around, I'm going to talk about a game that is quite dear to my heart, um, perhaps a little bit different um, from, from a lot of people in terms of like maybe when they were young, they didn't necessarily come across this game. But um, I, when I was a kid, was a huge, huge, huge fan of uh, Age of Empires 2. The Age of Kings, ah, yeah, nice. is, is my game this week um, for a number of reasons. And we've talked before about how kind of part of uh, part of our top ten is that um, you know they can be in our top ten for whatever reason. And and for me, a lot of mine are kind of in there because they. Uh, yeah, they, they contributed to my development as a gamer or, or, or informed some part of my gaming at, at, at some at whatever age. Um, Age of Empires was the first kind of multiplayer gaming that I ever did. Uh, so we had, um, at my primary school, we had this, uh, we had like a, we were quite lucky in that we had a computer suite of around, I don't know, maybe 15 or so computers in one of the classrooms. And this was early yeah. on. Um, this is quite early for this kind of thing to be happening. And they were all connected up on a little LAN and it was, it was awesome. And so we, I think maybe, I want to say like, Wheatbix or something came out and, and it had like Age of Empires 1 
like bundled mm. in there or something like that it, it was it was the um kellogg cereal so it was cocoa pops and rices and things because i got i got age of empires one and matt hoffman's probably a mix out of a cereal yeah uh, it, it would have been that it would have been something on those so anyway someone someone got that it wasn't me specifically but then they went around and they installed age of empires one on all of the computers at the at the primary school um and so we ended up having these massive like uh like land battles uh of all of us playing you know playing age of empires and it was amazing and that was kind of my first sort of me delving into um what it's like to you know to to have kind of a community around games um i suppose mm. um like right. we would we would meet up on a saturday and there was one of the teachers who was um uh, like who enjoyed it as well and kind of one of the computing teachers who would come down and open up the computer suite for us and we would all like have these massive games on on a saturday um and so really got hooked into age of empires one and then um i think maybe that year that 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 kind of all happened was the the year that um age of empires 2 was released and we had a mum and dad had bought a computer and so they for christmas that year they bought me age of empires 2 when it was released and this was like it kind of it was amazing to me that it had broken down the taboo of games in my household, like mum and dad buying me a computer game. Like, holy shit, what is happening here? Um, and Did so, they see it as sort of educational, Regan, because it was historical or well, vaguely historical? I've actually never... And because it was at your school. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, if the school's okay with it, then it must be all right. But um, <laughs> I've never actually asked them about that, but it was awesome, man. I was I was stoked with it. So... Um, basically that from, from that Christmas day through until when I went back to school, I was playing Age of Empires 2 and it was just a phenomenal game in, in a lot of respects. It was historical. There were like historical campaigns with, with figures like Joan of Arc, um, Genghis Khan, uh, William Wallace, I think was like the opening campaign. So the campaigns were really cool and they taught you the basics of the game and but to be honest all i really played was just random maps and um mm. i mean we all skirmishes yes yeah, sk- yeah um essentially um but i was a i was kind of weird in that my tactic was never to go for conquest like i didn't really like destroying the other the other players my tactic with age of empires has always been to um uh, like explore the map try and get the relics and also build massive walls as soon as I could and early. Um, yeah. <laughs> and then basically create this like metropolis and try and win off relics or wonders. Um, and so trying to apply that tactic uh, was quite fun when there was like a bunch of friends who were just trying to like, who were all going for conquest. Um, yeah. So, I mean, we've, we've all played those games and, and it was just, I think for me, there was yeah something special about that game and that it was the the first chance for me to kind of play with friends and um yeah and to kind of break down the taboo in my household of like actually games are pretty cool and and they can be played so um yeah that 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 one there has a special place in my heart for sure what was it was it the first instance of tactical gaming or or thinking tactically that, that you had sort of reagan um you oh, know, absolutely doing yeah. something here and you'll the consequences will happen later on down the road yep absolutely so previous to that my gaming had been uh had been things like sonic um you know just right. plat- platformers and things like that where it was you know reactions and and bright colors on the screen and that sort of stuff so this was yeah a very different experience and having to having to think 
um, think about it was was pretty cool, uh, and 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 observing the different ways that the different people that I were playing with would would approach the game. So like right. friends who um, yeah who were you know kind of outspoken and like the loud boisterous kind of friends would go for like you know those over the top sort of strategies where they have like thirty catapults and that's it. You know, dumb, <laughs> dumb things like that. You know, um, and you know, you'd run out there with like one horseman and just kill them all. Is uh, <laughs> yeah, um, just just things like that, and and it really sort of gave me that opportunity to see that games were more than just sort of something you would do for ten minutes while you were waiting for your mate to, you know, to to be ready to go outside and jump on the trampoline. You know, um, right? Something you yeah. could invest in. Yeah, exactly. Um, so yeah, um, that was me. Phenomenal game. I still play it. Like I still have it on my PC, and from time to time, I'll still crank it up and play a game. That's um, yeah, it's good stuff. The old the old HD version, I think, is available on Steam for for a pretty reasonable price these yeah. days. Yeah, that's the one that I have. It's um, and it's good. The um, I remember for a while there when when Windows changed from like ninety eight to XP or something, it was a bit of a pain to get it running. Um, yeah. But now that they've done the Steam version, it's um, it's it's all good. Yeah. Easy as easy as ever to access old Age of Empires too. Yeah. Uh, that's awesome, Rogan. That was released thirtieth September nineteen ninety nine. Wow. There you go. Back in the day, that mm. one. <laughs> Very good. Well, uh, yeah, probably makes us all feel a bit old to be honest. Actually, mm. about that. Mm. Um, that's all we have time for unfortunately but we'll be back again next fortnight uh, in the meantime you can find Balthazar's wonderful box art for Turbo <laughs> uh, that'll be popping up on Facebook in the next day or two I think and you'll find it's also very much the box art for Starcraft 2 Legacy of the Void you know. <laughs> <laughs> well you know people can assume what they want to assume uh, <laughs> but in the meantime um, you can find us on Facebook uh, Gamer, YouTube for slash Overcast Gamer, Twitter, uh, you know, all, all the usual spots. And uh, and we try and do a stream every Friday. At the moment, life has been getting in the way. Uh, so we, we sort of, at the moment, we're, we're trying to stream when we can. We're not really committed to a schedule. But we're trying. We're trying our best. <laughs> yeah. uh, so, yeah. you know, if you if you want to jump in there, we're twitch.tv forward slash Overcast Gamer. And we try and do every Friday night, but uh, to, be, yeah, to, be, to be discussed more and we'll see what we can do about making that more regular. So mm. thank you again for tuning in. And uh, any parting words, boys? Nah. Yeah. <laughs> no. No? <laughs> Thanks, guys. We'll see you in, uh, in two weeks. Yeah.